Verily, Allah enjoins justice and the doing of good to others and giving like kindred and forbids indecency and manifest evil and wrongful transgression. He admonishes you that you may take heed. The Holy Quran chapter 16 verse 91 Know that the life of this world is only a sport and a pastime, and an adornment and a source of boasting among yourselves, and rivalry in multiplying riches and children. This life is like the rain, the vegetation produced whereby rejoices the tillers. Then it dries up and thou seest it turn yellow. Then it becomes broken piece of straw, and in the hereafter, there is severe punishment and also forgiveness from Allah and His pleasure. And the life of this world is nothing but temporary enjoyment of deceitful things. The Holy Quran, chapter 57, verse 21. Chapter 2 Social Peace Let us now turn to the question of Islam's role in providing social peace for contemporary society. Contemporary Social Order Unfortunately, religious influence on moral behavior is fast being lost in society. To aggravate the situation further, a strong urge for liberation from religious obligations is in motion and gaining momentum almost everywhere in the contemporary world. Yet, there is also panic born out of the growing lack of security and disorderliness in social behavior running parallel to the trends of disregard religious and ethical codes. Belief in the living God, who has shaped not only the destiny of human beings, but who has also a right to determine the patterns of their day-to-day -day life is rapidly eroding. The Holy Quran summarizes this condition as Disorder has inundated land and sea. Christianity, being the predominant religion of the West, had, until the turn of this century, a strong and effective hold on the moral behavior of its adherents in the West. Alas, not so anymore. Instead, a civilization has evolved due to the interplay of scientific socialism, rapid scientific development and material progress, forcing Christianity to beat a retreat step by step and adopt a progressively diminishing role in molding social behavior. Moral behavior, therefore, in the West today, is as little or as much Christian in its character as the moral behavior in most Muslim countries in Isla is Islamic. The same, unfortunately, is the state of social and moral behavior elsewhere in the world. There are so many Buddhists and Confucianists and Hindus in the world today, but unfortunately, very little of Buddhism, Confucianism, or Hinduism can be observed. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. If religious or traditional codes of ethics are wanting in a society, morality will lose all relevance to a generation which no longer blindly accepts its traditional heritage as sound and valid. Such a generation is bound to pass through a critical transitional period of emptiness. This in turn would generate a new urge for inquiry. The process of inquiry 
may or may not lead to the discovery of a better and more satisfying code of conduct. It may, on the other hand, end up in total chaos or a state of moral anarchy. Unfortunately, as I see things, it is the latter option which seems to be the choice of modern society. A wind of changes blowing across societies of the world, be they Eastern or Western, religious or secular. It is an evil wind which is polluting the entire world climate. The modern world seems to be far more aware and conscious of the rising level of uh, pollution in the material atmosphere than the rapidly rising level of pollution in our social environment. The Holy Quran, obviously speaking of such an age, declares, وَالْعَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرٍ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرٍ We bring to witness that age when man as a whole would be in a state of loss, except for those few who believe and do good deeds and exhort others with truth to accept truth and admonish others with patience to be patient. Exploitation, duplicity, hypocrisy, selfishness, oppression, greed, the mad pursuit of pleasure, indiscipline, corruption, theft, robbery, violation of human rights, fraud, treachery, lack of responsibility, and want of mutual respect and trust have become the hallmark of the modern societies. The thin veneer of civilization can no longer hide the ugliness, which is becoming more and more apparent. However, it would be wrong to say that these threatening signs of human failings were absent in past ages. In fact, many civilizations in the past had also suffered the same maladies before their chapters in the book of human history were finally closed. It would be wrong to single out any one particular region of the world, which had been beset by moral evils. Societies are beginning to crumble everywhere alike. As against the countries governed by totalitarian philosophies, the rising consciousness of individual liberty in the so-called free world is in itself becoming a lopsided trend which is largely responsible for growing social misbehavior. In the countries governed by totalitarian philosophies, this progressive rise of consciousness of individual freedom is at present engaged in a grim battle of liberation of the individual from complete totalitarian control. Unless there is a counter-revolutionary upsurge in the powerful extreme left of the armed forces, this trend for greater freedom has every likelihood of winning the battle very soon. What may happen afterwards does not augur well for the moral prospects of emancipated youth in the erstwhile communist countries. Almost two generations have grown to adulthood in the void of a godless society, with nothing to guide and discipline moral behavior, apart from the lack of an inbuilt code of moral values vested in religious ideologies, the danger of vain, playful pleasure-seeking and irresponsible trends flooding from the West on the youth in the USSR and Eastern Europe can produce devastating effects on their moral behavior in years to come. At the same time, one cannot fail to note that the experience living without religion for many decades has not only bequeathed ill to the contemporary society, but has also brought some clear advantages. The Socialist Revolution of Russia 
severed the ties of the socialist world not only with religion, but with religious dogmas and views which themselves were corrupted and distorted, be it Christianity or Islam. Whatever sects the Christians or Muslims belonged, there was a medievalism about the concept of their respective religions which had created in many areas of belief a parallax between religious doctrines and the realities of nature. Both could not be true at one and the same time. It took a special training of minds to view the discrepancies between the religious views and facts of nature and yet not feel disturbed. To live with paradoxes is, perhaps, not easy except when paradoxes are bred into a people, generation after generation. Gradually, the point is reached in time when religious communities can somehow live with paradoxes without noticing their presence. Among other things, what the socialist revolution did to their people was to wash them clean of ideological dogmas and cure them of the uh, strabismus and myopia. This, in turn, has gifted them with a sort of innocence, which can only be achieved when there is total lack of hypocrisy. It is too early to say whether this state of innocence can be turned to their moral advantage in the difficult time of struggle ahead. But one thing is certain. They are far more amenable to receiving the message of truth and accepting it without prejudices than any other people in the world today. Alas, the same cannot be said about the rising trends of individualism in the so-called free people living in the world today. One can do practically anything by justifying freedom in the name of individual liberty. Being the leaders in this trend, America is largely and profoundly influencing not only the first world European countries, but also the people of the second and third world. The echo of these distorted concepts of individual liberty rendering one free from the discipline of moral life is being heard far across the ideological curtains of scientific socialism. The gays, lesbians, drug addicts, skinheads, punks, and criminals of all sorts all continue to grow in numbers and strength. Their audacity to defend their behavior by simply asking their admonisher, why not, has become their ominous challenge to contemporary society. Two Climates of Social Order The Holy Quran describes two social climates. One, one in which evil is free to flourish, and two, the other in which the, the growth of evil is strongly inhibited. If you take up Islamic moral teachings piecemeal, it would be very difficult for the Western mind to understand the philosophy of its message. This is because moral teachings must be studied as parts of a social climate. One must look at them in totality. You cannot understand the autumnal season just by looking at the, at the fallen dry leaf of some foliage changing its color. One must look at them in totality. You cannot understand the autumnal season just by looking at the falling dry leaf for, or some foliage changing its color. One has to visualize and feel the whole atmosphere and temperament of autumn to know what autumn is and what it does to plant life. Likewise, one swallow does not a summer make. Likewise, one swallow does not a summer make. Whereas autumn discourages life, spring encourages it. It is not just a change in temperature, but a transformation in the whole atmosphere 
when the very wind seems to breathe life. Social systems are also like seasons with their own qualities and influences. Vanity of a materialistic society and its ultimate destination. Islam deals with this subject in exactly the same manner. First, let me describe a society which according to the Quran is un-Islamic. Know that the life of this world is only a sport and a pastime, and an adornment and source of boasting among yourselves, and of rivalry in multiplying riches and children. It is like the rain, the vegetation produced whereby rejoices the tillis, then it dries up and thou sees it turn yellow, then it becomes worthless stubble, and in the hereafter there is severe punishment for the wicked and also forgiveness from Allah and his pleasure for the righteous. And the life of this world is nothing but temporary enjoyment of delusive things. Again, referring to the vanity of material life, the Holy Quran has this to say, وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَعْمَالُهُمْ كَسَرَابٍ بِقِيعَةٍ يَحْسَبُهُ الظَّمْآنُ مَاءَ حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَهُ لَمْ يَجِدِهُ شَيْئًا وَوَجَدَ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ فَوَفَّاهُ حِسَابَهُ وَاللَّهُ سَرِيُّ الْحِسَابِ As to those who disbelieve, their deeds are like a mirage in a desert. The thirsty one thinks it to be water until, when he comes up to it, he finds it to be nothing, and he finds Allah near him, who fully pays him his account, and Allah is swift in reckoning. The Holy Quran depicts this as a mirage which tantalizes the thirsty person by every running away by ever running away from him until he becomes so exhausted that he can pursue it no more. That is when he is punished. He is made to realize that this is the goal of emptiness and void, which he had been following all along. Suddenly, the mirage stops running away and permits him to catch up only to make him understand the bitter meaning of pursuing nothingness. That is the punishment meted out to those who pursue the vanity of life, and that, according to the Holy Quran, is how all such societies end up. As against this, religion advocates an ideology which declares that life on this earth is not the be-all and end-all of things, but that there is a life to come hereafter. If we do not die a permanent death here, but continue to survive in one form or another, as Islam and many other religions would have us believe, if life on earth cannot be taken separately from the life hereafter, and if both lives must be understood as the continuation of the one to the other, then it will be extremely unwise to ignore the role of social influences on a person here on earth. Evil, immoral and unhealthy influences are bound to give birth to an unhealthy soul in the life to come. I end at page 62.